1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Their
0: experience in sports varies. Of course, uh, Vinny's got uh, experience in the NFL, and I sucked at uh, electric football.
2: Vinny and Haney, 105.7 Fan. You know, I think that's truly a credit to, like, Eric and his staff and then the cohesiveness and alignment he has with with John and us. They bring in like smart, tough, and dependable football players. And when you add them to our defense, which is very multiple, they can they can be productive, regardless of how late they are in their career.
3: My first person at the beginning of the year, I told you that he was gonna be pro bowl type level player. I mean, he does everything. He covers, he blitzes, you know, don't let the baby face fool you. He'll try to rip your face off. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player. I think uh, once the play gets called, He's already processing what he wants to do. He puts in the work early in the week to kind of have an idea of what to expect from a coverage standpoint, from a blitzing standpoint, and just having a good plan. If something breaks down, if if it's there, he takes it. He's being very disciplined in his progressions, and that's allowing him to be uh, consistently successful uh, in the passing game.
4: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for both Bob and Vinny. Today, still got my guy Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass with me. We're going until two o'clock on this Total Request Thursday. Any song you want to hear, text it in to Nolan on the text line. He'll get it on the air. You just heard from a couple of different guys. We heard from defensive line coach, also assistant head coach Anthony Weaver, there talking about the Ravens' defensive culture and how that can attract other free agents out there. And uh, you look at a guy like Jadavian Clowney. I mean, he he's a guy that I think really leans on that that Ravens culture of how they play defense here. Historically, he plays that way. He plays fast, physical, downhill. Same with Roquan. I think Roquan, even though he wasn't a free agent, obviously he they required they acquired him through trade. But Roquan talked a lot about the history of the linebacker position, especially the middle linebacker position in Baltimore and you know how he is continuing to strive for greatness because that's the standard here in Baltimore. Um, Defensively, I said this, I, I said this the other day, that Chargers game felt like a vintage Ravens defensive game, just hard hitting, making you pay every single time you touch the ball, making you earn every yard that you're getting that day. And not that they haven't played that way all year. They have. But Sunday night, you could tell they had more energy. They were more refreshed. They were ready to hit the ground running. And especially when you watch Roquan Smith out there tackling guys in the middle of the field, Roquan was looking to dish as much punishment as he possi- as he possibly could. But like I said, Jadavion Clowney, he's kind of come in and really – try to play to the level that is the standard here defensively for Baltimore. And I think he has done that. His seven and a half sacks on the year show that. But not just him. I mean, Calvin Noy, he's been like an instant impact for the Ravens. As soon as he got here, he made—he started making plays out there for the team. And so Arthur Millette, you look at him, um, another guy that really wasn't thought a lot of during the summer, during training camp. I didn't even know if he'd make the team. You know, considering what's going what was going on with the secondary at the time, they had more open spots for cornerbacks, which helped Arthur Moulette, who wasn't even active to start the year, if you remember that. And now here he is playing in the nickel, playing really well in the nickel, tackling in space, being used as a blitzer really well. So I, I do think that is a part of the thought process for some of the guys that the Ravens bring in especially on the defensive side of the ball. They understand that, you know, defense the defensive level here in Baltimore is probably higher than any other team. Historically, I can't think of many other teams where when you go to those when you go to those teams, you instantly think about great defenses. Baltimore is one of the few teams that I think has that kind of hold on guys, but you also heard from Chris Hewitt there talking about uh, Kyle Hamilton and just how dominant Kyle Hamilton has been this year. He, you know, he talks about uh, not letting the baby face fool you, and I don't, I don't think that's fooling anybody. If it was, shame on them. I mean, forget the baby face. This dude is a, a giant. He's like six four, got long arms, fast. He loves to hit, and he's a fundamental hitter. I mean, you don't really see Kyle Hamilton miss many tackles. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of his tackles are being made out in space, out on the perimeter, right, outside. He broke, he blew up that nice outside run Sunday night. He's blown up screens. He's guarding slot receivers down the field, outside the numbers, without getting flagged. I, I just think Kyle Hamilton deserves a ton of praise because last year especially early in the season, it wasn't this. You know, it was a lot of blown assignments and not knowing who to guard and not knowing where to line up and not knowing what area was his. You, I mean, you think back to that Dolphins game last year and some of those uh, uh, blown coverages in the middle of the field and all I remember is Marcus Peters instantly turning around and looking at Kyle Hamilton with his arms out. Multiple guys. But you don't see that from Kyle anymore. And you could clearly see the confidence that he's playing with. I mean, it helps to just know what you're doing on each play. That in itself goes a long way. But look, I I think Kyle Hamilton has been a gem for the Ravens this year. Um, For them to get him at 14 where they did, I mean, they'll tell you to this day how they didn't expect him to be there, but they're super happy that he was. And I think that's just a byproduct of teams continuously putting too much stock into the combine into the 40 times into what guys are doing on that day as opposed to what the tape is telling you. I I've, I've always felt like the tape should hold more weight. And I think more team most teams do feel that way. But some of the actions don't show that. You you look at some of the draft picks that certain teams have made over the years, especially high draft picks and it's just like why are you trying to be the smartest guy in the room? I instantly think back to the uh, Jaguars taking, uh, I, I I didn't forgot who it was that they took over Aiden Hutchinson, uh, uh, Trayvon Walker. They take Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson had been the most dominant defensive player in college football all year. There had been, and not that Trayvon Walker wasn't good himself, but he hadn't been Aiden Hutchinson. That was clear. But I think, the Jaguars allowing uh, the combine and maybe they felt like Walker was a better fit for what they're trying to do out there, I guess. But I think right now they wish they had Aiden Hutchinson. And I think it's a lot of teams out there that wish they had Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, a, a safety with that type of range, a safety with that type of flexibility to not only play on the back end of your defense, but also come down in the box. Also play some nickel, a lot of nickel, and not just be a blitzer, which he's really good at, but also cover guys. He can help in the run game on the outside. I, I just think Kyle Hamilton um, is is kind of that the, could be the face of this positionless defensive football that we're starting to see uh, in the NFL. And I think it's being spearheaded uh, right now by the Ravens. You also heard from T. Martin, quarterbacks coach for the Ravens, talking about Lamar's improvement as a passer and I was really excited about this uh, relationship between T Martin and Lamar. I, I felt like that change at the quarterback coach was going to be very beneficial for Lamar. And it has shown itself to be to this point. I thought T Martin could relate to Lamar better than uh, James Urban could on a variety of different ways. Um, I, I just felt like Lamar needed to be challenged. He need great players want to be challenged. They want to be, coached hard and I think not just James Irvin but I I think that was an issue for a lot of guys on the Ravens coaching staff of trying to figure out how to coach Lamar Jackson how to not to say that nobody ever held him accountable but especially over the last couple of years where the contract is such a big topic of discussion I think everybody's kind of walking on eggshells. But really, a lot of all the great players throughout NFL history always talk about how they love to be coached hard. Tom Brady always talked about how he wants to be treated like everybody else out there, you know. And so that means when they make a mistake, you get on them, you get on them. And I I feel like that's what Todd Munkin has come in and done as well. I mean, we saw that early in camp this year that Todd Munkin was definitely more vocal, than uh, Greg Roman was, and he's holding guys accountable. He's not letting guys make a mistake and then waiting until the film room, uh, the film room to to discuss it with them. He's correcting it right there in real time, and then they run it again to make sure they did it right. So I, I just think that you know. Obviously, the Ravens have a lot of great players. That's why they're 9-3. and But I also think they've got a lot of great guys on that sideline that are putting these guys in a position to succeed week in and week out. This coaching staff in its totality, I think, is really, really good for the Ravens, and it shows every week. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, of course, if you want to jump in, 410583-1057 is the number. We'll take your call all throughout today's show. But uh coming up next here on the program, the Ravens are this is such a late season by. I can't even call it the first half of the season, but we're we're at the bye week. We're looking at Ravens team MVPs. Who are some of the candidates to be the MVP of this team this year? Is it Lamar Jackson right now, who's obviously having a much better year than he's had the last couple of years? Lamar's healthy right now as well, throwing the ball all over the field. Or is it Roquan Smith, the leader of that defense? Kyle Hamilton, Brandon Stevens. There's a lot of different guys. Justin Matabike, 10 sacks on the year. If you have any Ravens MVPs you want to discuss, we'll definitely love to hear from you as well. 410 583 1057 is the number. It's Vinny and Haney right here on the fan.
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: The Fan
4: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan Cordell Woodland here for Vinny and Bob today still got my guy Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass we're talking Ravens MVPs right now what Ravens players have shown themselves to be potential team MVPs to this point in the season. I think there's a couple of candidates. And if you want to jump in, you can 410583-1057. For me, it, obviously it's got us if we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, Lamar Jackson's name has to be thrown in there. The I know Lamar may not be having a, an NFL MVP type of season to this point, even though he's in the conversation. I, I don't know. I I don't think he'll he, he has the best case out of all the other candidates right now. Um, But Lamar's having himself a good year without a doubt. And at the end of the day, the Ravens are only going to go as far as number eight takes them. If he's not out there, this is all for nothing. You know, if he's not playing at least some sort of winning style of football, they're not here. So regardless of whether or not you feel like Lamar should be playing better, and in some aspects, he definitely needs to improve without question. But Lamar definitely has to be in the conversation for uh, team MVP. That's about it for me on the offensive side of the ball, to be honest with you. It, it, it stops right there. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. For me, Matt BK, obviously 10 sacks on the interior. Um, I mean, that's tough to do. Getting 10 sacks in itself is tough, but to do it as an interior pass rusher is great, um, and it couldn't come at a better time for him As He's in a contract year, so he'll look to continue to add to that number as the year goes on. Um, And I'll give you one more. I'll I'll, I'll go with Brandon Stevens. I'll I'll leave some meat meat on the bone for some other people. But Brandon Stevens, man, I've been really uh, um, excited about the way that he's played this year. I mean, he's played above expectations. He's got criticized a lot by myself for not being able to find the ball in the air. But you know what? I've gotten over that because he is shadowing wide receivers. He is there stride for stride with guys. He is blanketing receivers, and he does have a couple of interceptions on the year. So I, I love what I'm seeing from Brandon Stevens, and I love the confidence that this team is instilling in him by allowing him to kind of shadow some of these teams' number one wide receivers over the last couple of weeks, four one zero five eight three one zero five seven is the number. Let's see what the people are talking about. Let's go to Nick in Annapolis. Nick, you're on the fan.
0: Cordell, I love the show. You're you're such a professional man. I'll tell you what. Every day, it's awesome. Appreciate love, it. One zero five seven. Um. So so have have uh Jadavian Clowney and and Kyle Van Noy discovered the fountain of youth at uh hmm. at the at, at you know at the Ravens? Because I'm telling you. I'm seeing, you know, I would love to see both of those guys get 10 plus sacks. I mean, wouldn't that be just, you know, I mean, having some of the best years of their career in Baltimore, it just shows you that the mindset that McDonald's got going on in defense is, 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 is letting those guys kind of run their own show, do their own thing. I I love it. I love it. I, I can't wait to watch both of those guys hit 10 and, or more. And then, I, I, I guarantee you, we'll be re-signing those guys next year.
3: Yeah,
4: hey, I, I appreciate the call, Nick. And look, Vinny's been pushing, you know, re-signing Jadavian Clowney all week. And I, it's tough to argue with it with what we've seen from him this year, and you talk about both of those guys getting 10 sacks. It's actually possible. I mean, Jadavian's already at seven and a half, but what's impressive is Kyle Van Noy has six sacks in nine games. I mean, this is a dude that wasn't even on an NFL roster to start the year. And as soon as he joined the Ravens, he made an instant impact. So, yeah, I mean, both of those guys have definitely found the fountain of youth. Um, Clowney, especially. I I think with Clowney, it's just more about his attitude. It's it's just more about being in an environment that motivates him to want to be his best self. He's happy here in Baltimore. It's clearly a a, a hand-in-glove type of fit. And you could make the same case for Kyle Van Noy as well, who has moved around these last couple of years. Um, but Kyle Van Noy has really been a huge bright spot for this Ravens defense as well. Let's go to Justin in Pikesville. Justin, you're on the fan.
5: Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. I think, um, first point, um, quick MVP talk. I do. Although I think Lamar is playing a good game. He's improved in a couple of areas. He's, his completion percentage is better in uh, short and intermediate passes. He still can't throw a deep pass uh, after six years in the league, though. He still can't throw outside the numbers. He's still slow to read defenses, in my opinion. He's good. I give him like a B minus. I would not even put him anywhere close to the MVP talk. I'm not really understanding why everyone's thinking that. He's got 13 touchdown passes and 13 um, turnovers. 13 touchdown passes and it's five games to go. That's not really MVP worthy to me. Um, He's good. He's definitely important to this team. He helps them win. They're 9-3. He wins a lot of games. But the MVP of this team there's there's one on defense in my opinion, and there's one uh, on defense that's a coach. The, the player is not a BK. I don't think I don't even think Haloti uh, nada had 10 sacks as a defensive tackle. This guy is, and, and provided he comes back hopefully after the bye after his concussion, I think he's gonna he's he's gonna hit in the teams for sure. That's a, a, a very impressive. I, I thought before the season started that, with, that he had limited star power as opposed to lots of other teams like the Browns with. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett and all those other guys, I thought the defense would be, you know, tagging along the offense would be carrying the team, but I, it's the complete opposite. And I think a lot of that, it goes to, uh, to the segue for my second MVP of the team, it's, it's it's McDonald, Mike McDonald. That guy is, is young, innovative, smart, only in, in his second season in this system, the guys are thriving. This team is, in my opinion, the defense is carrying the team, despite despite the skewed views with most, you know, I mean, a bunch of games with him having 30 points. I think that defense put him in position, the offense, to score those points. I think the defense is carrying the team. I think Mike McDonald is, is the guy he's special. I think they need to have some kind of handshake deal behind the scenes whenever Harbaugh's contract is expired. I think he has another year. I would not renew it. I would, I would give him the opportunity to have a handshake deal behind the scenes just kind of like they had with Aldi Newsome uh, and DaCosta and get that in place. For the, in the next couple of years when Harbaugh's contract is up. And that's-
4: yeah, I appreciate the call, Justin. And look, I I mean, it's tough to argue with your points. I mean, Justin Matabike is definitely playing at a team MVP level um, out of this world. My only concern is I don't know how much I can buy into it for the long term. I mean, we've all been waiting for Matabike to really hit his stride. And it's a little worrisome, at least for me personally, that it's happening in a contract year. You just, You just got to be wary. Of that But I think he's a heck of a player. We've all felt that, felt like that for years. It's just a matter of us waiting for it to happen. With McDonald, yeah, I mean, you know, he's definitely coaching his butt off. I, he looks to be the best. He's having the best coaching season on this team right now, maybe next to Chuck Smith. Um, And yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, me and Rita talked about this a lot on our Win and Drive podcast about the possibility of him moving on and taking a head coaching gig somewhere else. But I always bring up, look, people thought Greg Roman was going to leave when he won coordinator of the year and he didn't get a job anywhere else. And, you know, for Mike McDonald, he may look at this situation as a better fit for him right now than going to one of these rebuilding teams and starting from ground zero from a and working for an owner that's too close to the situation and not letting him do his job. He, he may want to stay here and, and coach this great defense in Baltimore. And like you said, you know, uh, I don't know what they may have in the works right now on the back end preparing for whenever John Harbaugh is done coaching here because the reality is John is here until he's ready to leave. Um, So he's not going anywhere until he's ready to go and ride off into the sunset. And I don't know if Mike McDonald would want to wait around for that to happen for his first coaching, his first head coaching opportunity to happen. But who knows what will happen? But I would just caution people to say that, yes, just he is having a great coaching year. But just because he's having a great coaching year does not guarantee that he will leave. We've seen things like this happen before coming up next here on Vinny and Haney will be joined by the athletic director of Maryland Damon Evans will get his thoughts on the Terps football season Terps basketball season heating up as well the women's basketball team got a win recently as well so we'll talk Maryland sports with Damon Evans next call from mom answer it call silenced
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
4: Vinny and Haney back here on 1057. The fan, Cordell Woodland here for Bob and Vinny today. Still with my guy, Quick Draw McGraw, behind the glass on this Total Request Thursday. You request it, Quick Draw will play it. We're here until 2 o'clock right here on The Fan. Joining us now via the WGK Law Guest Hotline, we got the athletic director of Maryland University Sports, Damon Evans, joining us now. What's going on, Damon?
2: What's up, Cordell?
4: Not much man. Appreciate you making some time for us this morning. Uh we are vastly approaching bowl season in college football. The the Maryland Terps, they put a bow on their regular season with a dominant 42 to 24 victory over Rutgers uh to finish their regular season record at 7 and 5. Just what does it mean to finish the season on such a high note in a dominant victory?
2: Well, it means a lot, you know. As you as you close out the season, you want to make sure that you continue to improve. And over our last three games, to win two of our last three, and with those two being on the road, one being at Nebraska, which was a top-ten defense in the country, and then being able to play uh, a talented Michigan team at home and play the way we did. And then to come out against a much-improved Rutgers team who a lot of people – uh, feel good about. I know their fan base does, and but we were able to go in there and put up a dominant performance, and so I'm excited about the opportunity before us.
4: Damon, you guys have, you know, we're, we're, like I said, you guys have now bowl eligible now. At, before we even get to the bowl games, when you think back on this season, finishing seven and five, just what comes to mind for you?
2: Yeah, first, I'm excited for the young men to have the opportunity to go to our third bowl in a row that that's something that shows progress that's something that we haven't done in quite some time and if if uh if i recall correctly when we win this bowl game uh that'll be the first time ever that we've won uh, three bowl games in a row Mm -hmm. now uh am i satisfied no Uh, there were some missed opportunities for us this year and i know our fan base knows that i know that Uh, Our head coach, Locks, knows that, uh, and we know that we got to tighten some things up to get those wins that we're supposed to get and better position ourselves moving forward. So this was a successful year, but also let's not uh, uh, sugarcoat it. There were some missed opportunities out there.
4: Well, Damon, one of the big highlights for you guys this season was Talia setting the uh, Big Ten all-time passing record in the first half in that win over Rutgers. What did it mean for you to be able to see Talia uh, break that record?
2: He's a a very, very, very good uh, football player. We go as Talia goes, and Talia's been great for us. Uh, He showed his talents uh, throughout his career here, but they were on full display against Rutgers. His accuracy – his ability to read the defense, the deep ball was there. Uh, He was tossing it all over the field, and I'm excited for him. You know, there aren't too many people who can say they're the all-time passing leader of a Power Five conference, and that's what Talia Tonga-Bailoa can say, and I'm so happy for him and his family, and it shows his dedication and commitment to our program
4: as you guys start to prepare and wait, obviously you got to wait after this weekend, after the conference championship games are over, but you know, as you start thinking about what bowl games you guys may be a part of this year, do you, do you start to put together a list of what you, what bowl games you'd rather go to, what cities you'd rather travel to? Uh,
2: We obviously have certain places that we would prefer. uh, But you know, when you have an opportunity to go to the bowl, any bowl is a, is a good thing for our student athletes. But Obviously, there are a lot of bowls out there and play from Las Vegas um, to Guaranteed Rate uh, to potentially Music City. So, you know, we'll be in contact with the bowls, as, as I want everyone to know. We're going to make a push. Uh, we want to talk to the bowl officials and let them know all things good about Maryland and send them the right information. And I'm making those calls to, to best position us uh, to go to a, a really good bowl game and, and have a great time.
4: We're talking to Maryland's athletic director, Damon Evans, who joins us via the WGK Law guest hotline. as Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. All right, Damon, let's go to the hardwood Terps men's basketball team. They're riding a three-game win streak following that dominant victory over Ryder. Now getting ready for some Big Ten play. You go to Indiana to take on uh, the Hoosiers tomorrow night. First off, how excited are you to get into this tough Big Ten conference play?
2: I'm always excited when we get into Big Ten play. Uh, It's a very, very uh, tough conference, some good opponents, and open the season at Indiana on the road. We need to cure our our road woes. Uh, Last year, the road was not kind to us, and so uh, I'm hopeful that we'll Uh, clean up some things, and and, and come out with a victory. But when you go into a game like this against Indiana, a a program full of tradition and a great fan base, you have to go in there focused and mentally prepared to play. And we've got to cut down on the turnovers and some of the mistakes that we've made. And I know uh, Willard will have our team ready.
4: What have you seen from Julian Reese? Obviously, everybody's got all eyes on him this year. He Had a really good year last year. Showed real, uh, some really nice flashes in the tournament last year. What What are you seeing from him this year?
2: I always tell Juju this. I said, "You're the best big man in the conference." You know, when I take a look at some of the people he went up against uh, last year, whether it was. Uh, Zach Eady or the young man from Wisconsin and the other big man in the league, he really held his own. And he actually played some of his best ball against uh, the better big man in the league. But what I'm impressed with is is his commitment and dedication to working on his shot and and bettering his game. If you take a look at last night, I think uh, the other night, he went 14 of 17 from the free throw line. We all know that's been a a challenge for him. But to see his work pay off, to see uh, his jumper getting better and him continuing to refine his game, it really shows his commitment. So he's someone who's going to really lead us as we go through this Big Ten uh, schedule.
4: You talk about having people lead you guys, especially going into conference play now. I mean, you you have a nice a nice core of a big three, so to speak. You got uh, we just mentioned Juju Reese, obviously Jameer Young running the point, and Dante Scott, who's been in Maryland for quite some time now. How confident is it when you have a nice core of veteran players on your team getting ready to go into conference play?
2: You need, you need veterans in college basketball. When you take a look at teams that are uh, successful and make deep runs in the tournament, they're usually veteran-led teams. Uh, but we need all of them to be firing on all cylinders uh, at the same time. That would really give us a chance to do uh, some unbelievable things this year. Jameer obviously is, is someone who is talented, who can really uh, drive the ball, who can pull up, uh, who can shoot the three. I'm excited for him. I think this year is going to be a, a, another fantastic year for him. And Dante just brings so much experience. And if Dante continues to do the things that we know that he's capable of, uh, we'll be fine. But also it's about leadership. It's about bringing the freshmen along. It's about helping out uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith and, and Jamie Kaiser and the, and, and the new guys on the team like Jordan Geronimo Leadership is significant when you're trying to win at this level.
4: Damon, talk to me about the One Maryland Collective, the NIL Collective, for you guys.
2: So I want all of our fans to know uh, this is a top, top priority. In today's uh, college sports, you have to be able to compete in the NIL era, name, image, and likeness. And that's something that we want to do. Uh, Putting this collective together is something that uh, allows all of our sports to be able to participate in. But we need our our fans, our donors, our alums to to visit our One Maryland uh, collective and and take a look. You can donate specifically to a particular sport uh, that you're interested in. You can donate to the general uh, unrestricted category. But this is an opportunity for our fans, for our alums to step up and really continue to help us. But I know that here at the University of Maryland, I and we have to do our part as it relates to name, image, and likeness. And I want our fans to know that we're going to be doing everything that we can within the rules and framework of the NCAA to be able to compete in this NIL marketplace.
4: Damon, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Remember, everybody, Maryland takes on Indiana tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. You can hear that game right here on The Fan. Damon, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk again later.
2: Appreciate you, brother.
4: Yes, sir. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll keep it going. Uh, I had to sit down with Mike Elias a couple of weeks ago where we started to talk about some of the things that the Orioles are looking uh, to do on this offseason. Obviously, the Orioles have taken home a lot of hardware this offseason. Just took home more hardware last night with Felix Batista winning reliever of the year. So we'll play some audio from from our interview with Mike Elias next here on The Fan.
0: One-day trade. Three cents a of share. That's $3. You cheap. And one place scratch-offs.
4: When we
5: go to gamble, we go to lose. If
0: they still work here, you can bet they're in the, the bend. Vinny and on 105.7 The Fan.
3: The individual awards, whether it's Gunner or uh, Brandon Hyde or, or anybody, I, you know, I think it's it's just great to have the Orioles organization be so nationally relevant right now to be recognized as an org that's setting the pace in a lot of ways in our in our business in baseball ops.
4: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7. The fan, Cordell Woodland here for Vinny and Bob still with quick draw McGraw behind the glass. On this Total Request Thursday, if you request it, quick draw, will play it. Make sure you text that into the text line. Coming up at 11 o'clock, we'll talk some Orioles baseball with Nathan Ruiz of the Baltimore Sun. But you just heard from uh, Orioles GM Mike Elias there talking about the end of the season awards. And the one guy he didn't mention was Felix Batista. And that's because at that time, Batista hadn't won the uh, American League Reliever of the Year Award. But he did last night. um, And he won it in unanimous fashion as well. Uh, So that's good for Felix Batista, who becomes the second Orioles player to win the award. Uh, joining Zach Britton, who won it in 2016. And Felix Batista had himself a heck of a year this year. 8-2, uh, and two, 1.4 ERA, .92 whip. I mean, the dude was flat-out dominant. And credit to the Orioles, his loss, I thought that they would fill it earlier in the year than they did. But, you know, it took a while for them for that uh, injury to Batista, I think, to really start to impact the team. Towards the back end of the season, that's when you really – started to fill it but um Felix Batista is just another example of how great of a team this Orioles roster is right now and you know a lot of that goes to the credit of Michael Elias who I spoke to the other week and speaking about some of these young Orioles we've all been trying to figure out when the Orioles are going to you know start entertaining the idea of extending some of their young stars like Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman and I asked Michael Elias about that <laughs>
3: Topic that we put constant work into. And I think as we get into this offseason, you know, that's going to ramp up. We've got some great young players. You, you look at them right now and you look at how much team control there is left. And you go, boy, I wish we had them longer than that. There's, there's no way around that. And um, it's a, it's a topic that our front office is, is tackling and um, to the degree that we can find some proposals that, that, uh, may, be attractive to all parties. You know, we're we're talking about that, and that's something that we have do, done, and we'll do, and we'll continue to do with any group of players.
4: Yeah, look, uh, and Mike Elias is blunt right there, where he says it's it's something that they're obviously starting to think about. It. You look at the control, and obviously, they'd love to have Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman way longer than they have them right now and Michael Elias did go on to talk about how you know it can be a little tricky talking about those types of negotiations publicly because it can make it even tougher to get the deal done and ultimately that's the goal right to extend these guys get them signed here long term and you look at this rebuild man I mean Gunner and Adley and Grayson you know those are and obviously Jackson Holiday now who's working his way up these are the faces of this Orioles rebuild and you know I I think it would just obviously be a complete waste if those guys aren't on this team for the foreseeable future, right? I mean, it's great that you have that, that you made those picks, but what does it mean if you're not able to secure them long-term? Nobody wants to see Gunnar Henderson leave Baltimore. Nobody wants to see Adley Rutschman leave Baltimore and money is always a sticky subject when you get to talking about the Orioles and them trying to whether it's extend guys or go out and sign big name free agents. But at the end of the day, you got to pay to play. You got to pay to play. And the draft picks are great. It's great to hit on those picks, but it'll be all for nothing if they're not willing to make that long-term investment in these guys who to this point have shown that they're worthy of that type of investment. And we've seen teams around Major League Baseball decide to make that commitment earlier and earlier. And look, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how they feel over at the warehouse, but I feel like I've seen enough from Gunner. I mean, come on, what, what else do we need to see from him at this point to let you know that you want to see this guy on your roster for the next 10 to 15 years? Adley the same way. Adley the same way. I don't want Adley to leave. I, I've seen enough from him to to know that to know what type of player I'm getting and what type of player I'm confident in and that he'll be going forward. So we'll see what happens. obviously, some of those things go above Michael Elias. you know, the money's not coming out of his pocket. He can only work with what he can work with, but the guys are up above they're, they're gonna have to really help him out to make sure uh, that they don't lose some of their great young talent. Let's hear one more from Michael Elias, this Orioles rebuild, you know, it, it, it's been a quick turnaround. You don't really see this. I always say baseball is the toughest sport to be a rebuilding team in. And yet you watch the Orioles, man, they're hitting on draft pick after draft pick. They just won the American league East. And uh, I talked to Michael Elias about why this rebuild has worked.
3: I do view this rebuild as a success. You know, now, I mean, we, we've won the American league East. Um, On top of that, we've got this incredible farm system and none of this has been mortgaged. I mean, this has been done with players that are here a while, that are going to be here a while. We're in a position to kind of grow from here. And I credit, uh, first and foremost, our partnership group led by John Angelos to give us the latitude to do all this and have faith that the people that were hired, know what they're doing. You know, we were able to get through those lean years in 2019 to 2021 and trust that the success was going to spill over to the major league levels.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's, and, and that was a huge gamble because there's no guarantee, right? I mean, we, we saw the years, we saw the lean years that Mike is talking about there. We all lived it, right? And it was bad. It, it, it was tough to watch. 100 lost years the Brandon Hyde's putting out lineups of guys that don't even belong at this level. And the Orioles never really lost faith in Mike Elias. They never lost faith in Brandon Hyde or any of these coaches. That's a credit to them. And you heard Mike Elias say it there. And Vinny said this earlier this week is you can't overstate how much it means to have an owner. That's not, you know, all in your business. That's allowing you to do your job. And we could say a lot of different things about, you know, this ownership group for the Orioles, but it does seem like they've allowed the baseball people to do the baseball stuff. That in itself is a win. Uh, you think we got a time to grab a call, Nolan? What you think? We got time for one. Let's go to William in Northeast Baltimore. William, you're on the fan. Good morning, you guys. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, yes. I want to give my Ravens MVP. Let's do in it. In my opinion, it should be Carl Hamilton. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because he's all over the field, and I haven't seen a game this year where he had a bad game. He's mm-hmm. he's everywhere, and he's tackling. He's in the backfield. He's tackling tight ends. He's tackling wide
5: receivers. That's my MVP for the Ravens, Kyle Hamilton.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the call, William, and it's a good one. I mean, it's tough to argue with that. You're right. I can't really name a game where I'm saying, man, that was a rough one for Kyle Hamilton. It, it hasn't been – uh, any examples of that this year for sure. I mean, like I said, he's playing picture-perfect football, and what I love about him is his ability to tackle in space. You don't really see many missed tackles, if any at all, from Kyle Hamilton, but I also love his ability to cover down the field without being flagged. I, I'm just going to keep saying that I really think that's something that you can't uh, overstate because this league, they live to throw the flag down the field on some of those incomplete passes, and Kyle Hamilton does a good job of not putting uh, that opportunity in the hands of the refs. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, uh, we'll continue talking some Orioles baseball. Nathan Ruiz, he covers the team for the Baltimore Sun. We'll get his thoughts on this team's agenda this offseason. We'll get his thoughts on Felix Batista taking home some hardware last night as well. That's next here on The Fan.